How about it, y'all? You got the Lake Seminole Ramblings Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Nichols Lures, handcrafted to perfection. Check out their fine selection of baits at www.nicholslures.com. In this week's episode, we will bring you the usual fishing report, get the answers on those fish sores we talked about last month with Georgia Department of Natural Resources biologist Amelia Omerberg, ensure that your boat passes a safety inspection this summer, and we'll go over and get the tournament report with Ryan Higgins and do a little rambling. So sit back, get your coffee, and get your snack, relax, and enjoy the show. water conditions for y'all the flint river has its normal slight stain 87 to 89 spring creek is clear 88 to 90 fish pond drain is clear 88 to 91 chattahoochee river slight stain 87 to 89 intense heat has settled over the area with heat indexes over 110 degrees uh, it was 107 degrees on my house on fish pond drain uh, i believe that was friday y'all it's hot so be careful out there uh, water levels stay pretty steady from 76.3 to 76.7, with level being 76.83 and rising due to incoming rainwater at publication. All right, fishing report, bass. Bass fishing is settled in its typical summer pattern. Uh, fish can be caught early in the morning on flukes, worms, swim baits, and we're finally getting reports of a decent topwater bite starting to turn on for us. Anglers are reporting catching fish at uh, 10 to 11 in the morning as well on topwater swim baits, uh, even with that heat on us. Uh, frog bite is also starting to pick up around sandbars with topped out really good grass on it. Uh, what I do is kind of pull up, watch for activity. The fish will tell on themselves if they're there. If they're in that grass, they're going to move around. You're going to see them jumping and stuff. Uh, bass are being caught in the thick grass in the shallows and on the ledges in both river arms. Idle down the channels using side scan until you find a school and go to work. Crankbait, spoons, Carolina rigs. Those are the three uh, three favorites to use on the ledge. Uh, crappy fishing and spec fishing continues to be good with limits being caught all over the lake. It's a good time to fish Seminole for specs as they are still feeding up on shad fry and grass shrimp. Throw a 16th ounce jig with a brown and chartreuse to mimic shrimp or throw a 16 ounce jig with a shad color to mimic shad fry. I'm seeing tons of fish on the ends of the grass clumps in about 8-10 foot of water and there's also plenty to be caught hanging around structure points where shallow water drops off into deep water with, with uh, timber close by. Uh, your brim will continue to bed into August or September. Predictions from the old-timers are maybe into October as well this year. It just depends. We'll see what happens. Um, every moon cycle, so a full moon or new moon, uh, they just continue to bed on about every sandbar you can find. I mean, you just drive down the lake, you can smell them. Uh, there's also reports of deep bedding brim at 8 foot right now. So uh, these are big fish that are bedding at like 8 foot. Uh, what's wild is catfish right now, y'all. Catfishing is absolutely on fire. Uh, it's rare that you ever hear me say that, but I've been getting reports from all over the lake on big limits of catfish being caught. Uh, our buddy Bubba Baker caught six big catfish on a Texas rig, uh, kind of playing with them with live scope, picking them off. 
Uh, met another gentleman at the fuel pump who caught a limit of catfish yo-yo in a rattle trap. Uh, he said they weren't even looking for catfish. They were kind of trolling around uh, for specks, and they ran into a big school of cats and limited out real quick. Um, so I've personally been seeing giant schools of them on the river ledges hanging around high spots as well. Uh, you can differentiate them on your graph by looking at their hook echo. So a bass, um, of course, depending on your sensitivity, but if you turn your sensitivity down to about medium, a bass will have um, a real hard signature return in the center of his body, whereas a catfish's kind of hook echo is it's red all the way down because they've got a harder bone that runs down their body, whereas a bass, it's picking up off his swim bladder. So that's how you can tell. Uh, and, man, I've been seeing a bunch of them everywhere. Uh, Tim Trone reports of catching big cats from 11 pounds up to 25 pounds. I mean, y'all, he sent me probably 12 pictures of a variety of sizes. Um, there's some big ones being caught, and uh, he told us to use shell cracker, cut shell cracker, or cut brim on the bottom, and uh, hang on. He said it wasn't hard to catch, and um, they're biting if you find them in the right spot. All right, a few weeks ago, we got a call from Amelia Omerberg. She's a biologist with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. She was nice enough to offer her time and knowledge to give us any insights on unusual things we may be seeing on the lake. Uh, well, if y'all remember a few months ago, we were talking about these sores that some of the fish had, the red sores, kind of white looking like blisters. Uh, well, Amelia has that answer for us. So uh, we're gonna bring her on and uh, get edumacated. All right. Hey, Amelia. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I can't complain. Won't do no good anyway. Don't nobody want to listen. How's it going with you today? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I know you are on vacation right now, so thanks for taking time out of your day to come on the show and talk to us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Uh, so last week we talked um, kind of one-on-one through text about these sores that we were seeing and... Um, you started giving me some killer information. Can you share with our listeners kind of what this is that we're seeing? Sure. So um, it's most likely red sore disease, which is really common here in the Southeast. Uh, we see it mostly in times of high stress. For example, you know, post-spawn or in the summertime when water temperatures are pretty high. Um, the actual disease itself can only be identified and kind of verified by lab testing and looking at it under a microscope, um, you know, not by me, but by, you know, someone, we have a partnership with um, the lab in Auburn and they do some of this um, testing for us. Okay. But generally what the infection is, is um, actually it's a co-infection. So two things happening at once, basically. Hmm. And it's a ciliated protozoan and a bacteria called Aramonas hydrophila. And so what usually happens is the protozoa attaches itself to the fish first, and it kind of reproduces and forms a colony. And then this colony of protozoa um, secretes an enzyme that breaks down the scales on the fish, which makes a really nice inviting habitat for the bacteria to come infect afterward. Okay. Yeah, because we usually yeah. see that uh, a lot during the, the spawn and after they're done spawning, so that makes perfect sense. Um, are yeah. they okay to eat when they've got this going on? Yeah, they are. So generally the sores are pretty localized to the skin of the fish. And sorry, I've got a dog barking here. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and as long as the fillets are cleaned pretty well and cooked, there shouldn't be an issue with eating them. 
Okay. Um, but you guys probably know in general, you should be cooking all your freshwater fish so that you don't spread parasites or anything when you do eat them. Yeah, that's. I don't think anybody's going to make sushi out of largemouth. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. If you do, don't tell us. Yeah, you don't want to know. Keep that to yourself, please. <laughs> uh, what about a treatment? Is there something that y'all can do to treat this, or does it kind of work its course, or what's the deal with it? Yeah, in general, um, it tends to resolve its on its own when the water temperature drops um, and, and other stress is reduced on the fish. There is... Um, you can treat it in like smaller systems like hatchery ponds, for example, but the treatment is like mixing certain concentrations of chemicals in the water. Okay. Um, and that's just really not feasible in a big system like yeah. Lake Seminole. 37,500 acres, it's, there's no way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot um, of chemical. Yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't seem in general to affect like the body condition of the fish, like how fat and round it is basically. Right. It just seems to make them look pretty gnarly. Um, and then as temperatures drop and into the fall, it seems to resolve itself. Okay. So big question is, will we see more of this in the summer? I mean, we've got 90 degree water temps right now. Yeah, I would, um, I would say most likely, yes. Um, it sort of seems to be a cyclical thing that happens most summers. Okay. Um, you know, not just in Seminole, but also up in Walter F. George um, and Tired Creek and other places like that. But, you know, it does, it seems to make them look pretty gnarly, but in general, doesn't seem to be affect their, you know, behavior that much otherwise. Well, good. That's good news. So at least it's not something that's going to hurt the fish. It's just something they got to deal with. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is fantastic information. Now, I, I joked around with you and told you you were going to regret um, reaching out to us, but um, <laughs> that's something that we me and my buddy Randy, my mentor, we have talked about that for years and years, and it's really nice to get some clarification on what that is. So, thank you so much. Yeah, you know, it's pretty, um, it's pretty common around these areas, but there is not a whole lot of literature on it. So, um, you know, there's a few, a few articles out there that really have tried to identify, you know, exactly what species of bacteria and exactly what species of protozoa is out there, mm -hmm. but um, it's pretty limited. So it's a common thing, but not a lot of research has been done on it. Interesting. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you for providing that insight for us, and um, we won't hold you up too much longer on your vacation. Let you get back to seeing your folks. But uh, thank you so much for coming on and let us know. And I guarantee you, we'll have something for you here soon that you can come back and, <laughs> and share some more of your knowledge with us. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to do it anytime. All right. Thank you so much, Amelia, for that valuable information so we can all get a little more knowledge about what's going on on the lake. And speaking of knowledge, uh, there was chatter going around about uh, some new game wardens or um, law enforcement performing boat checks on the water last weekend. Um, and talking with some guys, there was some, some confusion about what was and was not required equipment in your boat. Um I've just heard so many different things like you have to have a paddle and you have to have a rope that's tied to your throwable that's got to be X feet long and all this. Um, so I thought this would be a good thing to touch on. And um, we're just going to go straight to the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, the Law Enforcement Division's website. And we're going to pull up their chart. And uh, especially with 4th of July weekend coming up, we make sure we got everything that you need by the state of Georgia law. It's supposed to be in that boat, so you ain't get a ticket or have any kind of problems during the holiday. Um, because if you're out on 4th of July, they are too, and you better be following the law. So um, 
all right so here's what you got to have now keep in mind these are for boats 16 foot to less than 26 feet okay and these are for boaters 18 years of age or older so if you're younger there's a couple more requirements that you got to have but we're just going to talk about grown folks from boat 16 foot to less than 26 foot all right so you have to have your certificate of boat registration you have to have your decals displayed you know so your georgia state decal has to be on there and your registration numbers have to be on there you need a pfd so that's a life jacket type one two or three for every person on board and then you have to have a throwable so that's a pfd type four now this is where the confusion comes in somebody was talking about a rope that had to be tied no there is nowhere in any of these laws for for this class that we're talking about that states you have to have a rope of x amount of feet tied to that throwable that is not in there so you just have to have the throwable and it has to be on board uh so a type b1 fire extinguisher got to have that it's got to be charged and it can't be expired um, ignition safety switch so two episodes ago we talked about the new safety switch law it is required on 2020 and newer most of these boats have a cutoff switch you don't have to worry about it but it is required that you are wearing that when you're operating the boat for a 2020 model and newer um, you need a back backfire flame arrester that's if you have an inboard you also need a ventilation system only for an inboard um, and you need a muffler for an inboard so those three things um you know one of them's a blower and one of them's an arrestor you got to have those if you have an inboard like a jet boat or a ski boat or a cabin cruise or something like that that has an inboard motor uh, muffler obviously that's all going to be done through the water outboards have all of this stuff um, in one package so you don't need to worry about any of this All right, uh, this is a big one. Horn, whistle, or bell. So you got to have some kind of audio, audio, I guess that's how you say it. Audible, there, there it is, wow. Audible distress signal. So it's got to be a horn, a whistle, or a bell. Um, it's best practice just to have a whistle, even if you have a horn on your boat, in case that horn doesn't work. So if you get pulled up, pulled over on the water safety inspector whatever boarded and they want to hear your um distress signal and you got to hit that horn switch and it doesn't work you're probably going to get a ticket just go ahead and have a whistle just just in case um and this is required on federally controlled waters which seminole is a federally controlled water um it is a u.s army corps of engineers lake so it is federally controlled um and the last thing now um i don't I don't know if a lot of us have this so we need to make sure that we all have one you need a vsd a visual distress signal for day or night so if you're running at night you got to have nighttime ones if you're in day you got to have daytime ones. again this is a federally controlled water thing which seminole is so uh do not get caught with your pants down and not have flares i think they're like 20 dollars at academy i didn't even realize i didn't have any until i started looking at this uh, list here but um yeah, with holiday coming up, the, the chance of you getting boarded or safety inspected is very high, especially with the accidents and fatalities we've had on the lake this year. Um, so make sure that you are you're in compliance. Uh, it's very important to know this law by heart. Uh, it's even wise to take a screenshot 
uh, from the Georgia Department of Natural Resource website. So it's on your phone. It's there. There's no questions. Uh, sometimes you can be stopped by overzealous agents or new agents fresh out of the school that may not know it 100% or nervous or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, they might try to give you a hard time about equipment that's um, they say you should have but it's not required by law. Um, so that just makes sure there's no confusion. It's clear as day. You can reference it right there. Hey, I have everything I need. There's no confusion. Everyone's on the same playing field. So um, make sure it's not only make sure you know exactly what you're doing, but it makes sure you're prepared in the event of the emergency. Um, it's definitely not worth getting a ticket. It's definitely not worth not having your stuff when you have an emergency. Uh, so, you know, if you forget anything, this is your opportunity to uh, get it right because I know I've got to make an order. All right, we'll go to Ryan for the tournament report. What's up, Ryan? Hey, man, how you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I won't complain. Nobody wants to hear it. What's up with the tournaments, man? All right, so we're going to play a little catch-up this week. We didn't have the tournament report last week with Father's Day. And uh, so we'll start from last Saturday. We had two big events last Saturday. Um, we had the West Side, which is three fish limit out of big gyms. Um, first place was Ingram and Enfinger, which they're – they're regulars up there at the top on that trail. They had 17.67 pounds. Second place, Mr. Stewart. He had 17.21 pounds. And these are three fish Third, limit, right? These are three fish limit. Three limits, fish yeah. limit, 17 pounds, y'all. That's not like, like Hartwell pound. We're talking about three fish. Crazy. Yeah, three fish. Third place was another name that you hear a lot, uh, Bowen Brown and uh, Dylan Brock. He got 16.49 pounds. Uh, all right, and so that was the west side. Um, it carried 14 pounds down through about eight places on it. Wow. Um, then we also had Jason Davis's memorial event out of the boat basin last weekend with the CRPT trail. They got um, about 26 boats that signed up to fish that. Um, they had they had a three fish limit too, I believe. Um, first place was Mr. Harris at 13.61 pounds. Second was 10.93, uh, for McGee and Gilmore. Third place was, uh, Braxton Clements and Todd Howard that had 10.37 pounds on three fish. It was a good event. Um, I believe they told me they raised about $2,600 for the family, uh, with that tournament. It was ran real well. That's great surprises that they gave out. Um, but that was Jason Davis event. We talked about it for a long time, and there's the results of it. Um, again, if anybody still wants to play catch up on that and help donate something, um, shoot, shoot me a message and I'll get you in touch with the guys you need to reach out to about it. They're still taking stuff for that. Good deal. All right. That was, that was Saturday, uh, Tuesday nighter out of big gyms. This wasn't a regular trail event. Um, this was, yeah, it was, this was the, this was the, um, one of the weeks they did it. So first place was Clinton Bowen Brown again with 18 pounds on three fish. Um, Bo Parker and Brian Parker, they had 15 pounds. They didn't even get a check in them, I don't believe. Lord, um, and that's three fish. Wow. So the lake, the lake's still real good down there on that creek end and at the mouth of the Chattahoochee. The Thursday nighter, which is the Flint side of the night trail, uh, you want to fish from Eddie's campground north up as far north as you want to fish on the river. Um, my buddy Griffin Long and Dylan Brock again, 
they uh they had a little over 16 pounds on three fish on the flint which is a mega sack over there they also had big fish with 6.54 um second place is mr tony green and Kristen darley they had a little over 10 pounds Um, so the flint showed out pretty well too um that was a slower tournament than normal Uh, it was like 107 degrees that day um it was it was pretty warm it's been so hot Oh, man. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. It was a shame that I was happy yesterday. It was only like 89 degrees. Oh, yeah, that was uh, like paradise. It was. Yeah, it, it felt good. I mean, my weather station at the house has said 107, 105, 100. And that's, and that's on a pole, 30 foot high, out of the direct sun. You know, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. I'm like, oh. So yesterday it said like 85, 86. It's like, man, this is awesome. I can stay outside, run around, wash the boat. And then it started raining, so. It rained hard. We had um, one more tournament event we're going to talk about. Brad Lance Reynolds busted a mega sack yesterday with a little under 30 pounds, uh, from what I gather. Uh, That was five fish on it. Yeah. Well, you should know, if those two ever show up together, save your boat gas. Just go ahead and sign your check over to them because they're going to take it. You got Brad and Lance together. They're gonna they're gonna catch whatever lives in that lake, and it's gonna be the biggest ones that live there. So shout out to them. That's a heck of a sack. It's starting to get late and hot in summer. So good job on that. That's about all the tournament report I got for this week. Um, but like I said, we'll we got a Tuesday and a Thursday nighter coming up. There's some events down at the lake next weekend, and on Fourth of July Monday morning. Uh, we're having the Seminole Ramblings event. We're going to run it out of at ease the old Jack Wiggins um, Lucker Lodge. We're going to run it out of there. It's um, going to be, I'll start registration at 5 a.m. Monday morning, July 4th, and that's Eastern time. I know some of y'all are on the Florida side of Lake listening to this. So 5 a.m. Eastern time, we're going to launch it's, or, and blast off at Safe Light. First come, first serve on your numbers. The earlier you get there, the earlier you get to leave. We're only fishing until 10.30, and we're going to do a three-fish limit on that as well. It's just getting hot to try to keep five fish live in a box. Um, we're going to try to do three fish, help them out, and make it a little easier than having to catch five of them. Well, plus um, we want you to be able to go enjoy the rest of your 4th of July with your family. So exactly. That way you're only coming out for a couple hours, fish tournament real quick, and then go do the rest of your day and then shoot fireworks and celebrate and all that stuff. So three fish yeah, that's, in a couple hours is perfect. Yep, that's exactly the the point of it. We want to get out and celebrate and fish and do what we love to do on the 4th of July. But uh, like I said, we want you to have the rest of your day with your family too. So it is um, it's $55 entrance. Um, that covers your big fish as well. Um, two guys to a boat. Um, kids 13 and under can fish as well. Make a third member of a boat if, they, if you want to have them along. Uh, like I said, that covers big fish. That covers uh, the main payouts. We'll pay one of five boats. Uh, Mr. Don over at Addy East says he will be there with breakfast that morning. So y'all come, get your coffee, get your breakfast, get in there in that pro shop he's got and snag anything up last minute you thought you might need that you didn't get on the way. It's a tongue twister there. Yep. Perfect time uh, for uh, you to uh, drop off any rod or reels that you need fixed over there. They're now taking uh, some of the rod repair, rod and reel repair drop offs over there. So if you've got some to be rebuilt, drop those off as well. We can get those for you. Yep. And uh, after the tournament, too, if you lose that big one and get mad and break your rod, drop it off there and some old rod repair will get you fixed up. That's right. It very well could happen. 
All right. What else you got, Chris? Well, so last week I kind of touched on this, but uh, now that it's launched and all, it's going pretty well. So, y'all, we have launched the Lake Seminole Ramblin' Store. So it's Lake, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. LakeSeminoleRamblins.com. It's our website. We've got a store on there. You can buy T-shirts and flags for the lake house, coffee mugs, little things like that. Uh, we're going to expand it as we grow. So if y'all want to help expand the store, hint, hint, go over there and place an order. Also, for a very limited time, and uh, don't know how many of y'all are going to bite on this, but it's there. I have my entire SD card. It's over 2,000 waypoints, trails, obstructions, weird things. I've seen every single solitary thing on that lake post-Hurricane Michael is for sale. That's for a limited time. So um, guys that have been with me before will tell you that my screen is ridiculous with all of this stuff that I've got. Uh, I've got just about every sandbar on the lake outlined and all kind of stuff. So, uh, But anyway, we've also it's got – It's a good package. Yeah, you've seen my graph. It's uh, – pretty yeah you're you're intricate with it um i'll say another thing about the the rambling store those flags are sharp and i'll even put this out there if i come across a flag on a dock a seminal ramblings flag on a dock i'll leave you a surprise for hunting fishing depot on there uh pack of jig heads shaky heads something like that so if you get a lake seminal ramblings flag and you put it on one of your docks or somewhere we can see it while we're fishing we'll hook you up oh yeah sweeten the deal a little bit there there's all kind of stuff and what's cool about the the shirts and all is uh a they're on comfort colors tees so my old lady yeah, educated yeah the sh- i didn't know anything about them because i'm not a i'm a I'm not a clothes guy i got t-shirts <laughs> You're from, a fisherman. yeah i got t-shirts 10 years ago i still wear but um when we were designing all this stuff she said oh my god comfort colors everything's got to be on comfort colors that's all this, the good stuff that lso sells up there they're all on comfort colors so that's the nice thing about all the apparel and um we also have a Patreon, so this is our other deal. Me and Ryan have been brainstorming on ways, since the fuel is so high, ways to um, kind of keep you connected with the lake if you can't come fish or or whatever it may be. If you need a competitive edge or... You better get one on this lake. Right. Insider info. All kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we launched a Patreon, so you can get the link there on LakeSeminoleRamblings.com. We only have, I believe there's nine spots left for these two-tier packages. Uh, there's there's four overall packages, but the two I want to highlight have subscription bait boxes. So once a month, you will get a subscription Lake Seminole box. What this is is uh, baits that are currently working during that time, and they're not Mickey Mouse baits. So it's we, what's tied on our rock. Right, it's what we're using. So right now, yeah, whatever is working, what we've been fishing through June, that's what you're going to get in the box. Um, it's what we're catching them on at the moment, not not just something we stumble across. Yep, and we've we've made deals with the guys that we really like using their stuff all the time. So Nichols Lures and Country Boy Baits. Country Boy Baits, if y'all hadn't heard about them, they make phenomenal plastics. And it's What is that pencil worm that I like so much, Chris? That thing is yeah, it's a 10-inch, um, it's like a shaky head worm. It's called the Mag Fang, like a The Mag fang. fang. I don't know. I can't remember that. That is a bad worm right there now. It, uh, it will actually, on a shaky head, I was fishing up in some shallow water, and it will stand up just like it'll, it'll float the tail up off the bottom, and you give that shaky head just you even breathe on it. That tail's right there quivering and dancing. Man, that is a bad dude. And them bigs flat eat it. You know, 
you don't let him sit there and swim off with it because you ain't going to get it back. You have to get another one out of the pack. Oh, absolutely. And, and see, he uses a special scent, and I call it Mongolian beef. But that's what they it smells like. Yeah, they catch fish. It smells like Chinese takeout to me. And uh, yeah. they eat the absolute mess out of it. I mean, it's, it's like a 700-pound man at the Golden Corral just, nom, 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 just going to town on that thing. They don't drop it. So um, this isn't a lot. You lie. don't want to leave them on your dash. I'll put it that way. My yeah. wife won't get in my truck after I left. I left one of those worms in my dash. And she got in there and like, uh-uh, I can't do that. But I tell you what. They flat and bass eat them. They like the power bait. Like they eat it and they just don't let it go. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the mailman thinks when he drops it off. Because when I go open the mailbox, it's like, ooh, you know, I open the mailbox yeah. and it's just a kick in the face. But last year when they was spawning, I was throwing one of his worms, and it was a real tough bite. But it's gonna sound like a tall tale. It ain't now. I was throwing one of his ribbon tails. The poor boys. I love them. Eight inch. It's kind of like an old mustard, mm-hmm. but it's a little shorter. A little shorter, yep. And I swung and missed on a fish. And I said, huh, okay. So I circled around. I had a customer in the boat. She was throwing a Ned rig. And we circled around and came back down the same sandbar. And she got a bite and finally hooked the fish. So I'm, I'm back there and I'm taking the bait out of the fish's mouth. And I look down and I see that worm. Now, this had been mm-hmm. like 10 minutes. And I said, I didn't give her that worm to throw. Why is this fish? Got, and I said, oh, wow, this is the same fish. But it was yeah. so good, the, the flavor That's and the good. scent. He was still sucking on it like a blow pot, lollipop, tootsie roll pot, whatever. He still had it in its mouth 10 minutes later and ate another yeah. bait. So yeah. uh, They're good. Like I said, they're, they're the real deal. You get a lot of those custom poor guys. They make good stuff. But country boys, are they're the real deal. Um, when you gave me that pack of worms, I looked at it. I love the profile of it. But. Watching it in the water, seeing the way fish react to it, it's really good. It's it's a lot different than a lot of worms these fish are seeing on these ledges right now, too. Right. Um, it's your typical big straight tail worm in fashion, but it pencils from a fat head down to about 11 inches down and tapers, and you just get you some. Um, the mag fang from Country Boy Baits. Uh, I promise you won't be disappointed. If you get our Patreon box, who knows, you'll able to get a pack of African Special in there. Yeah, you're going to get some really good stuff in there, um, and you're going to get a Nichols Lures product, whatever we're throwing. It could be a spoon. It could be a buzzbait. Finesse spinnerbait. Yep, finesse, quote-unquote, finesse spinnerbait. I mean, anything that they throw is – anything they throw, wow. Anything that they manufacture is uh, – it's handcrafted, and it's phenomenal, and they're right out of Thomasville, Georgia. They're not far Made from here locally. Yep. Right. Um, and then the, uh, the other sponsor for that will be Hunting and Fishing Depot. Um, They're a local company, too. Yep, and they are. They make some awesome jig heads and uh, other baits as well. They got some secret stuff in the pipe that we're helping them develop, and that's coming out. But uh, so that's soon. Yeah, we yeah. got something pretty good coming. I think it's going to be just right for the niche we're looking for at Seminole. Yep, and it's going to um, be in the Seminole box before it goes out um, to everybody else. So. Yep. You'll be um, the first ones to try and help us test it out. But, yeah, we have um, – there's nine spots left, I believe. So, you don't want to miss out. You want to hop in there and uh, get your spot secured. It's once a month. And you also get um, some other perks with it. You get an extra episode. Uh, you get some GPS waypoints of where we're catching. Some ad-free, like yeah. Ad-free stuff. But just hop over to our website and check that out. Any any little bit that you do helps grow the podcast, helps get us some uh, – New equipment. We're really trying to 
stay, uh, save some money up and get some better microphones and then start doing this uh, in the studio and not have to rely so much on uh, technology right now. Um, just keep growing. The remote recording. Yeah, everybody that we talk to enjoys the show and, and begs us to keep doing it. So if y'all want the stuff to improve, um, just help us support us, help us out, and we'll continue to uh, bring you this great information and all this. Because Ryan knows as well as I do, this takes a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work to keep up with. Now I see what Mr. Yeah. I don't see how Mr. Jack did this every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. man. Yeah, his was live at least. So, I mean, you didn't have to do all the editing you do. But, right. Yeah. But still, I mean. He had to be sharp enough to make it run good on his toes. Yeah, because he did. Day. Yeah, he did a radio show and he published it online and he wrote it for the paper. And, I mean, he just did all kind of stuff. So. Man, I remember as a kid listening to him. I'll never forget one cold October night. It was before duck season came in, about three weeks before duck season. The next morning, Jack had uh, had his ramblings on there, talked about how there were 10,000 ringnecks showed up in front of the lodge. <laughs> I have no idea if it was true or not, because I was a kid, but I was just sitting there thinking, holy cow, Daddy, we got to go to Wingus Lodge. All the ducks are there. <laughs> yeah, well, it I... was good stuff. It's... Uh... There was a lot of good tall tail fishing tails and stuff in there. I mean, like when when I it caught my good. I caught my first ten. I was seventeen here, and I was in one of his ramblings, and I was so excited when I found out my granddad was like, "Chris, you in the ramblings?" I saw it and it said fourteen year old Chris Taylor. I said, "Oh no, I'm not 14. And I even remember. I mean, it was just such a elaborate story about you know my mom and dad don't fish, even though my dad does, and you know just all this. He said, "Well." Uh, getting ahead of myself i i see mr jack next time i saw him i said mr jack you know i'm not 14 you know i i, I just turned 18 he said well chris you know 14 makes for a, a way better story <laughs> and i said yeah you're right you you're absolutely right about that's that. him that's him i mean that's why when you go over uh go into bass pro if you look up maybe some people hadn't seen this but there's a sign over bass pro that says uh welcome hunters fishers and all other liars all right so anyway i'm stop rambling about that um so I talked to a, a guy the other day that said he was catching them on top water. I mean, even at like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. So it looks like the uh, what we were hoping for has uh, turned back. Looks like we're starting to get a top water. Have you been hearing folks getting a top water bite? Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people the last two weeks in particular that are finally starting to catch them consistently on a top water plug. Um, I won't say which one, but I, I do know one of those big bags we talked about um, this week was caught almost exclusively on a plug on top. Yeah. Um, well, from what the guy told me, at least. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, uh, the guy I talked to, he had said thick stuff. You know, they they were finally starting to bury back up in the thick stuff. That's what I heard from two or three different folks. Um, they were catching them in the matted up, um, you know, with the, the weave hair hanging around that big black slime. Um, yeah, if you, if you, it's hard to fish around. It is, but that's where they were uh, kind of seeing the most activity, and and that's a re- I know that's a real broad uh, thing to say, but you know you can go over to Patreon, then you can kind of get access, and we'll tell you exactly where to go to catch it. Um, we can't have everybody down here with pitchforks because we give away the uh, all the good stuff. But uh, yeah, the top water bite, <laughs> top water bites picking back up. I started catching some on a frog um, around topped out stuff. You know, you can still fish the uh sandbars pretty good because there's not that mm-hmm. much grass on them you can get a bite around there um 
you know. And then, like we talked last week, you can check these ledges. So that's really not my cup of tea. It's more your cup of tea. But I'm going to go do that in about two hours. Yeah, that sounds. Water this afternoon. That sounds fantastic. Yep. I'm going to go do that for a little bit. I got a couple ledges I want to check. Go drag that mag thing over. Uh, and then uh, then I'm going to go throw a topwater, probably a frog for about the last hour. Yeah. You throwing up. Um, See if I can't get in on that. You doing Carolina rig on those ledges? Yeah, I'm probably going to throw a Carolina rig. I got something else in mind that I really want to try with that mag thing. Yeah. I, 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 stay tuned. I've got something in the works that might be worth talking about. Yeah. My, Might not catch fish. <laughs> you never know, though, unless you know, unless you try it. So, yeah, I've been thinking hard lately. I got something I want to try with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't uh, don't give away your secrets. Let us know. Uh, let us know when you actually catch them with that thing. And uh, oh, I will. I'll let you know. I'm gonna throw it around and see. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. That's all I've got this week, man. Cool. Um, I did forget to mention. Anyone that comes and fishes the 4th of July event, um, everybody that signs up will be automatically entered into a $50 gift card from Mr. Don at Addie's Campground down there for dinner or to use in the store, whatever you want to use it for. Oh, yeah. That's um, really so, good. So if even, even if you just register for the tournament, uh, we're going to do the drawing. And like I said, somebody's going to win it too. Well, I'll tell you what. What we're going to do is sweeten the pot a little bit. Um, we're going to throw in – uh, $25 gift card um, to Lake Seminole Outdoors to that as well because I do have a couple of those left to give away. So we'll do that. Uh, it'll be $50 to Eddie's plus $25 to Lake Seminole Outdoors. It'll be a two-for-one type deal. So anybody that comes fish that tournament, you will actually get both of those. So let's sweeten that pot a little bit for them. Yeah, I mean, heck, that's a heck of a value right there. That's that's more than the interest fee is. So. Yeah, so you now might come as well. on out and see us next Monday. Like I said, it's going to be a good time. Gonna have good laughs, catch some fish, and like I said, then we'll get to celebrate our great country. That's right. Well, Ryan, as always, thanks for coming on, and uh, that's enough rambling for us, and uh, we'll ramble at them again next week. Sounds good, buddy. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Lake Seminole Ramblings Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Y'all, thanks so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, Lake Seminole Outdoors, Eddie's Campground and Marina, Nichols Lures, Hunting and Fishing Depot, Country Boy Baits, Seminole Guide Service, and Seminole Rod and Reel Repair. Remember to head over to our website, www.lakeseminoleramblings.com, and check out our merchandise and our patron memberships. Big shout out to our patron, Jamie. Thank you so much for the support, brother. Until next week, we'll see y'all later. For advertising opportunities, reach out to us via email at lakeseminoleramblings at gmail.com.